This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. A great hand reached out of the dark and grasped mine for a moment, mightily and tenderly. I said to myself, the veil between, though very dark, is very thin. Hello and welcome to The Thin Place, the film geek radio podcast devoted to discussions of religion, faith, and spirituality. This is episode 9 for January 2012. Your hosts for this episode are Ken Moorfield, that's me, and Todd Truffin. That's me. Our topic for today's episode is Soul Surfer, the 2011 biopic of surfer Bethany Hamilton, who lost a limb in a shark attack, and returned to be a competitive surfer. This is not a spoiler-free discussion, so if you have not yet seen the film, you may want to check out one of the other great Film Geek Radio podcasts and then come back after you've screened the film. Todd, I had said at some point that I wanted to talk about Christian as a marketing label for certain films, you know, to at least pick a film that would be thought of in the genre as a Christian film. Why Soul Surfer as opposed to some other Christian film like Courageous or Fireproof or The Grace Card or uh, any number of the ones that would be associated with that genre and label? Well, I think... In my eyes, one of the things that this film, Soul Surfer, does that makes the conversation a little bit more interesting is that the production company, the production values, the level of the cast are a bit higher than, I think, many films that are marketed to a Christian audience. And I also think this was a film that was reaching beyond the church, more so than, I think, some of these other films. And I think you know, that makes some things interesting. Also, this film was kind of a, a multi-genre film. Yes. Uh, you know, in, in addition to being having some qualities that we might use to label it as a Christian film, um, it's also a sports movie. Right. And, and very much a sports genre movie. And so there's kind of a mixing of genres here that raises some other questions about genre. And maybe a little bit of a teen uh, movie, yeah. you know, teen girls movie, a coming of age, definitely uh, coming film, of age. But film. there's definitely some of those themes that go in with that. I, I guess I would make one caveat to what you said. I, I think that you had said that it it reaches beyond the Christian audience, or uh, I think it attempts to do that. Certainly, some of the responses to the film make me wonder whether it in fact actually did that. I'm thinking, for instance, that. The film was listed as one of the top 10 spiritually redeeming films on Christianity Today's annual list. Uh, full disclosure, I contribute to that uh, website and uh, you know, voted for that list. But if I look at a more aggregate site like Rotten Tomatoes, it was 46% fresh. Uh, Metacritic had it with a score of 53 out of 100. So that tells me, at least in the response that the film seemed to be more effective at reaching a Christian audience or that Christian audiences founded things to appreciate it, whereas perhaps the larger cultural audience or uh, critics as a whole seemed less impressed with the film than 
some Christians were. And that might, you know, what's interesting there to me is that I wonder if perhaps when you bring in people like Helen Hunt and Dennis Quaid as, you know, some main characters, I mean, you're going for top-notch actors, Hollywood actors. Which, yes, Helen Helen Hunt was either an Academy Award nominee or, or right. a winner. I, I don't remember for, I know she was nominated for as good as it gets. I don't know if she won, so. And, you know, so you, you, you're bringing in the heavy hitters. Um, people are going to be attracted to see a Helen Hunt movie just for that and nothing else. On the flip side, and, and this is, you know, this may be kind of an interesting thing to talk about as we think about what a Christian film is is it wasn't really evangelical in the sense that there was this was not about a gospel message, Jesus Christ died for your sins sort of movie. It was more about Christians living through a difficult time. Right. I think that the faith elements of the movie were a part of the movie because they were clearly a part of Bethany Hamilton's life. Exactly. But And they were a part of her story, too. I think after the film is over, we get that... It, you know, trope of the home movies and the pictures of the actual people that inspired the right. events. And while a critic might roll his or her eyes in the middle of the movie where Bethany goes on a mission trip to this, visit the tsunami, uh, there's in fact actual footage that she did that. And she exactly. reported that that pretty much inspired her in the way that it did in the film. So it's a part of her story, but the structure of the story in the script doesn't seem to be around let's use this story as a vehicle to give you a gospel message. Let's tell her story, part of which is how her faith, you know, inspired her and and or helped her to overcome adversity. And I think that's what sets Soul Surfer apart from films like Courageous or Fireproof, which seem to me to be just vehicles for a message. Right. Whereas this film seems to be, let's tell this young woman's story and it's an inspiring story. And a major big part of that story is her faith. But one of the ways that I put that, you know, concretely in the movie is um, there is a scene early in the film where Bethany is part of a church youth group and Carrie Underwood, which is another big star, you know, another big star. Uh, um, you know, again, she may be of the kind of star in the American Idol that more enculturated or sophisticated viewers can roll their eyes at because of what she represents, but is is a big draw. And Carrie Underwood is playing the youth pastor and gives a you know a fairly pat sermon with Bible verse saying that it's hard to get perspective when things are are when you're too close mm-hmm. to things. Uh, and that you need a broader or a bigger perspective. And then the film comes back to that, not at the end, you know, not as a coda of sort of see this was the truth all along, but in the middle, you right. know, where Bethany, after she's lost her arm to a shark attack, goes back to her youth pastor and said, I tried, you know, I tried to do this. I, I put faith in good faith effort to approach this as a Christian and have a Christian attitude, but I just don't get it. Why would this be God's will? And so the way I like to sum that up was the faith or the questions of faith or the articulation of faith is a starting point and not the ending point rather than the film being a vehicle to get you to the point where it's like, here is your gospel message or here is your faith message. The faith message is there 
And then the film actually does explore what are the implications of that? You know, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. How can how can you live that rather than just, yes, this is the correct message checklist, you know, go on to the next illustration. And I think importantly, the youth minister's response is not a pat answer back. There is some struggle she doesn't understand. And in the end, they hug. And that's at that point, that's all they can do. But to me, that felt very real. Yes. And as, as opposed to a movie that is only goal is to communicate a proper message, doesn't often deal with those struggles or allow them to just be a struggle. Well, it was a film, I think across the board about relationships. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think that another thing that sets it apart or elevates it in my view from perhaps some other Christian films, is that uh, a lot of times Christian art is very doctrinal or indoctrinal, has as its central point uh, that you have to have a relationship to the truth, uh, and therefore there's nothing really to be done except affirm the truth. And, And I think this film was a film about relationships between people who had doctrinal similarities, uh, but then also had to work through that in the context of the relationships. I know one of the things that I appreciated about the film was the relationship that she had with her parents, which was not perfect, but was very believable, you know, and showed a teenager who was not perfect in a Christian sense, you know, would sneak out, uh, after after dark to go surfing after mom said no uh, and parents who were not just because we are Christian you know we will instruct you in the ways but who genuinely loved their daughter and mm-hmm. their other children I think you had mentioned that you appreciated the relationship between the parents yeah I think yeah I think one of the great strengths of this film is that the not just the relationships between the husband and wife which are great. But the whole family mm-hmm. um, works in a, in a way that's recognizable in real life, but it's also very positive. I mean, this is a healthy family, and we don't often see that. And it's presented in such a way that as I'm watching it, it doesn't come across as saccharine or overly sweet. They have their arguments. They have their differences. But they are shown being able to work those things through because they love each other. Right. One of the things that I was thinking about as you were saying that was that I kept thinking a lot in this movie about the mistakes I was expecting it to make. (laughs) Like, oh, it's going to go there because other movies always go there. Uh, And it didn't. Typically, one of the things that I rail against is in movies where they want you to have a strong attachment to the central protagonist making everyone else a jerk right? Uh, so that you have no one to admire or respect but the main character. Uh, here, the the arch rival, the other surfer, is very competitive, and she maybe competitively takes advantage of Bethany's injury to try to get a competitive advantage while swimming. But Bethany also says, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I am a competitor. Mm-hmm. And so they don't make the the villain a person who, like, mocks her for being maimed or something like that. Uh, In another movie, you would kind of expect the other kids in the family to be jealous. You know, why is she getting all of the attention? And as you said, 
uh, they participate. They help film her surfing so that she can do film studies and do the balance and help her to do sit-ups so that she can get up her body strength. You would expect the parents to be split or the one parent to be pushing her mm-hmm. to get back on and the other parent to say, no, absolutely, you, you know, she she well, has to accept her the way that they are. And there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of that. But I think importantly, you know, yes, the mother and father have some differing ideas of how to handle Bethany, mm-hmm. but they work together. Right. You know, there's never a point where it's just, it's my way or the highway. They, they work together and and they individually themselves work through right this thing and i think you know that's another you know strength of the film is that we've got a family of 5 mm-hmm. and we get five different ways of people coming to grips with this traumatic experience and it, it isn't just one pat answer for each member of the family and, and to go back to the parents interaction you're right, they work together, but I think in the process of working together, they're both partly right and they're both partly yes. wrong. It's it's not one of those splitting movies where it's like one person ultimately is vindicated of I was right all along. They both, part of in the process of working through it is they both have to come to realize that some of what they want for their daughter is dealing with their own stuff and this, that they have to listen to the other person Another place where the film didn't go, where I was expecting it to, is uh, Bethany is out surfing with some friends when she's attacked by the shark, including a friend of the family and the friend of the father, you know, um, the father of her friend. Uh, that is, she's not out with her parents. Right. And I kept waiting for the scene in which the parents, uh, somewhat unreasonably, but in dramatic fashion, confront the the father of Bethany's best friend and say, why did you take them out? Why didn't you do anything? It's your fault. Uh, And instead they thank him. They say, our daughter is alive because you thought very quickly, you got her to shore, you didn't panic. And, you know, thank you for, um, you know, bringing us back, back to us. And that was one of several incidents where I'm like, okay, I've seen this movie before. I know, you know, I know how this scene goes. Here it comes. And it surprised me a little. You yeah. know, it wasn't radically different, but it was like, oh, okay, this actually has thought about actual people and not just movie cliches. And, you know, we've just spent 10 minutes talking about all the strengths of this film, um, which I think are, are there. So then the, I guess the question is, what makes this a Christian film? Well, okay, I, I want to address that, but I also want to add the second question of I, which I think we're working our way towards, or I'm working my way towards in a very tentative way, of is the Christian label what accounts for the differences of critical opinion? You know, mm-hmm. are that we always rail against some people who say this movie gets a pass because it's Christian, you know, or this movie is better than it is because it's a Christian. Is the converse not sometimes true? Are there people who perhaps don't like the movie, not because it's a bad movie, but because it is Christian? I don't know if we can ever answer that second question, because that implies that I know the hearts of an individual critic. And I'm not talking about any one critic or one reviewer, but I'm just sort of saying in the aggregate, anytime there is that much of a discrepancy because I, I mean I didn't think it was a, a hundred film or a, no. you know a ninety film 
Uh, but 53 seems that low. Between the movie that I saw and what the aggregate opinion is, I want to look for some explanation. And while that's not the only one, I think that explanation is is in play. It makes me wonder. I, I'll leave it at the, the term wonder. It makes me wonder sure. if some of the dismissal of the film is simply because people are like, not this is a bad film, but this is a Christian film and all Christian films are bad or all Christian films are films that I'm not interested in and I'm not quite capable of making the distinction between a film that I didn't like or didn't engage me because of its subject matter right. and a film that is a bad film. You know? And, you know, I would say, you know, I think you're right. We can't, you know, look into the hearts of every reviewer. I can't look at myself and... You know, I can admit readily, you know, as a Christian, as someone who grew up in the evangelical subculture um, that's producing these films, um, whenever I hear the phrase Christian film, I want to run screaming. Okay. So um, there's a little bit of that you're admitting in yourself. Yes. There's a little bit of that that the movie has to overcome. And exactly. if it's there in me, it's not unreasonable to suspect that it's there in other right. people. And, 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 you know, I have an incentive to perhaps overcome that a little bit. Um, I mean, I, I, perhaps I've grown up with too much of the films that were, you know, you must like this film because it's a Christian film that I maybe overcorrect the other direction. Right. Which is, you know, one of the things that I enjoyed about watching Soul Surfer was I, you know, I was resistant to, okay. to seeing the film, you know, the, the story of a, a girl whose arm is bitten off by a shark and who comes back to compete, I found that a compelling story why I wanted to see the film. Well, and and, and one of the points I would make is that in the, the home movies at the end, mm -hmm. you know, it shows Bethany not just on Christian Broadcasting Network, but on ESPN, right. winning the ESPY Award for Greatest Comeback. So clearly there's something about that story that resonates with a broader, right. you know, viewership. And, and I would say that, you know, as a Christian going into the movie, wanting to, you know, being resistant to the idea of it being a Christian film, it was well done enough that, you know, the parts that I was afraid of, it was like, no, they didn't do them badly. Mm -hmm. um, but but that, that, that gut instinct is there. Right. So having said that, then maybe we can go back and address your question about, well, what does that label Christian mean exactly. anyway? Um, I wrote an article in the, Greenwood Encyclopedia of New American Fictions, I think it's called Books and Beyond or Reading and Beyond, about the genre of Christian fiction. You okay. Know? Uh, and it, you know, my thesis or that I eventually came to was that in its modern marketing manifestation, uh, Christian fiction or Christian movies are distinguished from what we might say uh, African-American literature or... Uh, chick flags or something like that in that it's ultimately I think a marketing designation rather than a lot of times in literature that's saying something about the author mm -hmm. you know the author is African-American literature the author is African-American women's literature the author you know is a, a female whereas in Christian fiction it seems to be less about the author and more about the intended reader. Uh, this is a book that we would 
hope would be sold in a Christian bookstore and mm-hmm. that uh, we want Christians to read. They're in fiction. There are people who are Christians. Uh, I think like, say, John Grisham is the example that I always use that people don't think of as writing Christian fiction, right. but who are very open about their faith and, mm-hmm. and who say that. But And I think I imagine the same thing is true in film, that there are people in uh, film who are Christians but just the fact that someone is a Christian in a movie doesn't necessarily make it a Christian film. So I think a movie like Soul Surfer, in some senses, does fall into that Christian movie designation in that it appeared to have been marketed for Christians. And yet, I mean, the label that it came on was, I think, Sony Pictures Classic. You know, it came with uh, previews of other films, you know, that were uh, perhaps of interest to a faith audience. And so I think we're starting to see in film uh, that hybrid of major, not just being a Christian label in music or a Christian publishing house um, in books, but just having a standard uh, studio that has it one of its arms or one of its divisions is uh, let's try to get people who are faith interested and uh, have a portion of our films be about that to reach out to that audience rather than just say, well, let's just leave that audience to production companies that only make Christian films. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting to me to see this happening in the film industry. Um, when I was in high school growing up, my family owned uh, Christian bookstores, and I saw this happen with the music industry. Through the 70s and 80s, Christian, well, what has come to be called CCM, Contemporary Christian Music, Christian Rock, at first was solely produced by Christian companies to be sold in Christian bookstores. And in, well, Amy Grant was the big example, um, got signed with A&M Records mm-hmm. and started having a distribution deal through secular markets, um, went big. And there was always that question, is, is that a good thing? On the one hand, it was getting these you know, Christian records out to a much larger audience. Um, but there was always the fear, what does that do to the message? Right. Um, does it become too commercial? And you know, does then the commercial pressure to make money do something to the message? And, you know, early on, no. I mean, certainly, you know, there can be questions as to what's happened in the long haul. And I think with film, we'll see, you know, since there's more money to be dealt, you know, you know it takes a lot more money to make a movie than it does a record. Well, I think I think it's a good thing. I mean, on two levels, I think separate but equal mm-hmm. rarely ever works. So right. I think inclusion is always better than segmentation or, or fragmentation. I also think parroting... Frankie Schaefer a little bit going all the way back to the day where he wrote Addicted to Mediocrity, where for Christian movies or Christian anything to be good, the artists have to be developed or competent or technical. And I think Christian artists, whether they're musicians or movie makers, will ultimately do their craft better, will Mm -hmm. write better scripts, will direct better movies, will have better skill if they are you know, part of a larger whole that really is important for learning their craft and then adapting their craft or using their craft for a Christian message rather than just saying, well, I don't have anything to learn about cinematography or direction Mm -hmm. or screenplay writing or production values. 
from secular people. So I'm just going to do it all on my own and kind of reinvent the wheel or learn from scratch rather than, um, you know, sort of saying, again, from perhaps this is not the best metaphor, but from an affirmative action standpoint as a Christian viewer, I want Christian movies to be just as good as other movies. Sure. Not judged on, well, for a Christian movie, it's pretty good. Because that already is starting for saying that that I think if you start from a place of saying, okay, we're going to be segmented and just do Christian stuff, we're not going to interact or be compared or in the same conversation with non-Christian movies, then I think you've already conceded. So, I mean, that's my take. What's yeah. your take as to well, whether I that's think, a good thing? You know, I think the big question here is, is it a marketing label or is it a genre? Mm-hmm. And, and those are two very different things. And you know, with a, if it's a marketing label, you're right. It, it's this is this is more about putting a label on something so we can target the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, there are qualities of the storytelling of the kinds of subject matter and how things are dealt with um, that might mark things in a certain way as a genre. Mm-hmm. But it's still more about the audience. Um, and and you know, I think we we see this in the music industry um yeah everything you said about you know the you know the ghetto of you know the christian ghetto or whatever getting out of that that's a good thing Mm -hmm. absolutely um but i think what we've seen in the music industry is that all it has done is kind of commercialized the ghetto and there are there are a few christian music artists that got out of the ghetto but then they stopped being thought of as christian right um, by the church not you know the the secular world didn't matter. Um, you know, perfect example of this is Sam Phillips, um, known as Leslie Phillips when she first started in CCM, was very popular. And you know, right when things were changing up a bit, she got out. She was tired of the you know certain things that she saw in the industry. Um, she's gone on to produce many highly critically acclaimed albums. Um, is well respected in the songwriting community, and yet. You know, to those people who knew her back then, it's always like, oh, she went away. Right. Um, and and I, I, I'm concerned about that for the film industry, too. Because she went away, but she didn't stop being a Christian. Yeah, she didn't stop being a Christian, and she didn't stop making music. Right. And, and she didn't stop making music that dealt with very serious spiritual themes. Um, but to the industry, she was no longer Christian. So what I hear you saying, to maybe try to put a bow on this, is that uh, I think you articulated the question very, very well. Is it a marketing label or is it a genre? And I think the conclusion that we're drawing in is that right now, maybe in film, there there's both. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it is both. Or perhaps it's in that gradual transition from it was strictly a marketing label and maybe post Passion of the Christ, where studios are looking for passion dollars, it's becoming more of a genre. Uh, but we're in that space right now where we get films like Soul Surfer that kind of have one foot in the past mm-hmm. and one foot in, uh, it, you know, in the future, or are part of that transition from being strictly a marketing label and part of the ghetto to uh, more of a genre that can be. Uh, looked at as as a genre 
but not as just a, you know, separate criteria. Right. And and some of that is going to be a question that gets answered, you know, outside of our purview. Right. Some of it, though, I think the church does have to ask itself some questions as to what is it looking for. Um, I, I look at a film like Soul Surfer, and one of the things I appreciate about it is that, you know, yeah, it's a sports movie. It, it's, you know, it has it hits all the marks of a sports genre film. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we establish our hero uh, being an accomplished and, you know, promising athlete. There is some trauma that creates an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, a very great obstacle. Um, and then we see the fight back. And then, of course, there's the climactic co- um, competition where they come back and, and are victorious. Right. Um, you know, that's that's the genre. Yeah. And, and we get that. But we also then get this other, you know, part of what drives her is her faith. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are you know some well-placed Bible verses. Um, I did appreciate the fact that those weren't repeated constantly. You know, it was kind of like the the filmmakers trusted us, the audience. But you appreciate that in a secular movie. That yeah. that is to say, one of the things that drives me nuts is a secular movie that beats you over the head right. and says, "Here is the theme of the movie." Exactly. In case you are too dumb <laughs> to get the point of the action, let me repeat it for you. And, you know, and here's part of the excellence of the film, right? Um, or the goodness of the film. Maybe excellence too far. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's a story about people working their faith through a difficult situation. It's not about salvation. It's not about, you know, how many converts can we make with this film? Um, I think in some ways the audience for this film is the, is the somewhat more mature Christian who is looking for, you know, a story that's going to inspire them to work through difficult times. Um, and that's a different kind of Christian film than I think, uh, at least in the past, mm-hmm. the, the, the Christian films I grew up with, it was if you didn't have an evangelistic message, you may as well not make the film. Or maybe a newer Christian um, yeah. who wants to be reminded that it's okay to have celebrities or heroes to admire or sure. look up to. That you but know, it's definitely a post-conversion. You don't have to pick, but yeah, definitely, you don't have to pick between being Christian and being cool. To be fair, you know, there were some Christians who were had problems with this film. Uh, because, you know, you say, yeah, they can be cool and still be great. But part of that coolness in this film, I mean, it's California. It's Hawaii. It's Hawaii. It's Hawaii. It's surfing. That means there's lots of people running around in bathing suits all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these are teenage girls in bathing suits. Mm-hmm. And there was some concern about that. Yeah. You know, well, we're trying to wrap it up. But I, I, that's a good point. I think I wanted to address it. When you were saying the church has to decide what it wants, I, I was parsing that in my mind as, doctrinal correctness Mm -hmm. or engagement, you know, on a substantive level. And yeah, there are going to be people who sort of say this behavior or that action doesn't conform. And it is this interpretation of the Bible verse doesn't conform to what I think. And there are going to be people in a larger sense that say there are always disagreements about that. I liked actually that the film dealt with, I I mean, I I was going to say, I liked that they had women running around in bikinis, but in a larger sense, you know, part of what I mean by that is I like the fact that it dealt with not just her challenges to her faith, but that what losing her arm does to body image, because body image, like it or not, Mm -hmm. is something that is important to teenage girls or young girls who are constantly bombarded or inundated with 
messages of what is physically attractive. Will boys ever like you if you don't conform to a certain body type? And yeah, you can say to someone in that position, oh, it doesn't matter whether boys like you, (laughs) you know, or whether boys think that you're pretty. Uh, God loves you. And that's true. But, you know, I think people who are watching the audience, particularly young women, will get that message and say, yeah, but that's not really a very much help for me, you know, in my struggle. And so I, I like that the film presented, it wasn't overbearing, but presented her struggling not just with faith and, you know, mm-hmm. why would God do this to her or with a disability, but with her coming to grips with what is my relationship with my own body and where does my self-worth come from? Right. Does it come from the fact that God loves me or does it come from the fact that I can surf and that I'm a champion or does it come from the fact that I'm pretty or doesn't, if I'm honest, come from the fact that there are combinations of all of those yeah. are, 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 and I have to deal with that and, and come to terms with that. And so, yeah, there are people that are in bikinis, but that's part of the world that we live in. And I think the film says, you know, that that's something that Christians have to deal with, not just turn their back on and, you know, reject and say, well, we shouldn't do that or we shouldn't think about that because in the world that we live in, uh, those issues are going to confront young people. And I'd much rather see a movie about a young Christian struggling with that and coming to grips with that than a movie that says, well, you you know, we're going to be very careful about what a young Christian can see. A good-looking, athletic woman in a bikini and have impure thoughts. Sure. Yeah. And and I think, you know, the body image question is is important. Um, I, I... yeah, there is the great scene. The mother, Helen Hunt, is sitting with her, and and she gives her the speech. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a beautiful young woman. You know, all of those things. In in ten years, all of this will go away. And then she kind of looks at her daughter and says, "That really doesn't help you right now, does it?" <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the things that that I love about that speech is uh, Bethany has gone in and she's playing with the Barbie and she breaks the arm off of the Barbie and is, is looking at it. But one of the things that the mom says to her as a start of that conversation, which I thought was, was absolutely appropriate for the movie and, and really, really well done, is she said, would it be better to just say it out loud? Yeah. And I think a lot of the movie is about things that we as human beings or as Christians are afraid to acknowledge, afraid to say out loud. And part of what mom says is as a result of doing this, let's just be honest about what we're dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, and what we're struggling with instead of saying, well, is this what we should be struggling with? Is, you know, what does this say about me that I have these fears or have the, these concerns? And say, you know, a place, the place to start dealing with it. Let's just be honest. Let's say it out loud. Yeah. And, and, and I love that particular you know, exchange. And, and in some ways that might be, I mean, the up top surface message of the movie is certainly don't give up, try. Right. Um, your, your attempt is more valuable than whether you actually, whether you actually win. win, but trying is what's in, inspiring. But, you know, maybe the deeper message here really is, because that's a theme that goes throughout the whole film is let's own this. Let's talk about it. Let's get it out in the open. And then because it's in the open, now we can deal with it. Right. Absolutely. Uh, well, I think that's a good place to, to stop unless you have anything else. Nope. You, okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have questions or comments or suggestions for other movies you'd like to talk to us about, please feel free to email us at thethinplace at filmgeekradio.com.
You can also see some of Ken's reviews, including my review of Soul Surfer, at the number one morefilmblog.com or follow me on Twitter at twitter.com backslash Ken Morefield. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio. Yeah.